to episode 15 of Lights in the Sky podcast. You enjoyed that, didn't you? <laughs> really enunciated. Yeah. Uh, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And, and uh, Tony is present for the podcast. All right. Um, again, starting to sound a bit blocked up. Now that I now that I hear myself, I feel like I'm getting a cold. <laughs> oh, right. Do you want some St. John's wort? No. <laughs> I don't have any of it. I don't even know what that is. But. Um, we've got heaps to get through in this one, and I'm conscious of our last episodes running, <laughs> running, running pretty long. So let's just jump straight in. Have you had any paranormal... No. <laughs> okay, done. No paranormal experiences for you. Move on. None for me. My phone has stopped sliding off of my <laughs> nightstand. That's good. Um, although, yeah, anyway... We'll move on. Um, Nightstand. Pretty <laughs> awesomely, we have had um, some correspondence through our website, lightsintheskypodcast.com. Um, Spell that for me? Nope. Okay. No time. <laughs> oh, Let's damn, move that's on. right. Because normally, we, normally we spell everything, but yeah. now we don't. Now we just explain yeah. in probably a longer amount of time why we don't stop and What's spell. the internet again? <laughs> How does it work? When was it invented? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we've had some correspondence on our website from a Twitterer, a listener. Tweety? It's <laughs> not what they're called. Okay. Um, I don't think they're called a Twitterer either, to be honest. So I'm going to read it. It is a hypothetical that's come in from a listener. So Okay, just read every third word. We've got no time. <laughs> Guys, love, keep, and keep. <laughs> guys love and keep um, keep so this uh person has entered their um twitter handle and said um what's their twitter handle just uh, just so you know just so i can like i might might tweet them i've never seen a tweet in my life at zero zero at zero 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 anti-hero ah that's a good one <laughs> okay um, so thanks very much for sending it in. It's pretty awesome to hear from people um, so it that is. we know that there's somebody out there other than just the two of us. And I'll, and I'll give you my Twitter handle if I ever tweeted. <laughs> but just, yeah. Don't. A lot of people um, don't actually realize we don't actually leave this room. So there's a small kind of four by four cubicle that Tony and I just exist in. Um, once a week we turn on microphones for just under an hour and that's, that's right. our only contact with the outside world. Right, that's so, right. Then we just go back to hibernation. Yeah, so that's um, that's uh, kind of the beauty of the internet, but also <laughs> <laughs> also just we need to hear from people that are listening so that we don't go insane. There's only so many times um, you can read an email. That's right. Please reach out and touch us from the outside world. So the email reads... Hi guys, really love the podcast. Keep recording them and I'll keep listening to them. That's a good, easy request. We can meet that. Yeah, so Thank far you. so good. Um, I have a hypothetical for you. Forgive me, it's super immature and not really on topic. <laughs> oh yes, we're so highbrow on this podcast. So <laughs> yeah. We may struggle with it. It's weird, so here it is. This is not a totally original hypothetical. Dan Harmon of Rick and Morty fame was talking about it on his podcast. I like Rick and Morty. Tony doesn't like Rick and Morty. No, I've only... Everybody get Tony for not liking Rick and Morty. I just haven't really got into it yet. I've heard, <laughs> some, I've heard some good things about it. I just have watched it. You know, like, you get through, like, the part of the first episode, you get interrupted, and I'm like, right, I need to find a time to retackle it. Rick and Morty is one of the best shows I've ever seen. So watch it. 
and go, well, sit me, sit me down one day and watch it. <laughs> Maybe one of these podcasts can just be us watching Rick and Morty one day. First I'll do time that. Me. We can totally do a commentary track or something. Yeah. Yeah, we'll leave that one stewing. Um, <clears throat> uh, me and a couple of like-minded fellows expanded on this hypothetical over a cheeky jazz cigarette. Is jazz a brand or yeah, is it a jazz it player? Yaz, yaz. yaz cigarette. Yaz cigarette. Um, apparently, when you die, the last thing you do is crap your pants. Ah, oh, yes, I've, I've heard this. So I'm still waiting for it to get immature. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's just science. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's actually true, but it exists in our modern pop culture zeitgeist, e.g., South Park, etc. Yeah. So you're into South Park. Love South Park. But somehow, somehow, your feedback on Rick and Morty was that it was crass. <laughs> so I don't know how it works. Well, you know, not, not crass in a bad way, but like it, it is crass. I admit that. Okay, I, I am crass. All right. So homework for this week, you're going to watch Rick and Morty. It's, it's been popping up a few times, and <laughs> I've been thinking about it. So imagine we live in a world where just after you die, you are visited by an angel or some other entity type thingy that offers you the choice of either pooping your own pants as you die. Mm-hmm. Or to make one of the living person of your choosing poop in their pants yeah. in a last act of anonymous revenge. So, firstly, the obvious hypothetical question is, would you choose to foul your own pants as you die, or those of another poor, unwitting sod? Let's, uh, let's discuss. Okay. Um, I, I mean, you have enemies? Do you have enemies? Do you hate anybody? No, I don't. You don't hate a single person? Uh, no, not, not like in my personal life. I certainly... I hate that there's hate in the world. So, Ooh, that's, that's modern a, day John a, Lennon, I guess. Yeah, that's a mind fudge. <laughs> <laughs> hate, hate. <laughs> anyway. I think I'm, um, I don't think I have any, any people I know that I can be in the same room as for a length of time. Right. I hate a number of people. Really? Yeah. <laughs> this is good. This is, let's just, let's explore that. <laughs> They're just, you know, they irk me. Like my neighbour. I hate that guy. Oh, yeah. I, See, really, the, I really hate that guy. <laughs> it's really done nothing. So this is this we've talked about this where he he's somebody you you hate, but if I dive into the reasons why, they are so generic right. and really so lame. Like yeah. doesn't bring his bin in, puts rubbish in his bin so there's, that it's the lids open. He doesn't wear his pants high enough, so I see his a crack <laughs> through my window. I was thinking, I was you're censoring yourself. So far, we've had a mind fudge and an a crack. <laughs> <laughs> okay ass there we go because i hate this i this is this is the thing that really fucks me off here we go. so at my partner's place i was staying there the other night and the, the he oh i was giving away to he <laughs> how long that lasted we're there now yep okay so um he lives in the like there's four places in a in a row yeah. Whereas, so it's like a block of yeah. Well, I, li- I live in three in a row. He lives in four in a row. Yeah. Okay. So number four. So he's he's at three of four, and I'm two of three. So we're kind of staying in that middle ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no man's land. No, no man's land. Yeah. Um, but um, so you don't have a front yard. You don't have a backyard. You just got houses either side. Side yard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Side yard. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. Kind of do. So his back door neighbor oh come on and no, i no, narrowed it down myself as a homo this back door for fuck's sake his i say rear now the guy at number four let's start with that the guy at number four has a door that 
is used less than other doors. <laughs> park, they, they park, um, so their garage is completely full of mm. like crap. I've seen in the garage. Yep. And the number four neighbor parks two cars in front of his house. Right. But his second car is this enormous ute thing that mm. sticks out past the front of their house. Of my my partner's house, so like it's There's actually an it's an overhang. It's yeah. a decent overhang, yeah. and he and his flatmate can't actually back out the back out of the garage and and straighten up to drive out the road. That's an outrage because this person overhangs. Cut the tires. And I have been around there and purposely parked like, right behind him, parked in the driveway. I've been a real dicky <laughs> to him because I just can't stand the injustice of this. Yeah. It does seem like a silent battle. You love a silent battle, I love really. A silent battle. <laughs> yeah. So then, like on Wednesday morning, I had woken up because the cat had gone crazy or something, and I heard him start his vehicle up and back in the driver <laughs> like five thirty a.m. and I got so angry because I knew what was happening because <laughs> this stupid overhang vehicle. I couldn't get it back to sleep for an hour, <laughs> and by then it was time to get up. Yeah. <laughs> so he i hate that guy <laughs> yeah okay so that's a person you hate i hate so would you pick him to shit his pants at the moment you? yes he's probably the person i hate the most in the world not because he doesn't really do anything to me but i just hate the injustice of the situation because he guess, thinks he can park his big yeah fuck so off that's it that's hanging over someone else's driveway and there's no problem with it when he sees them struggle to get out i think what i'm reading is the problem isn't that he's doing it the problem is <laughs> That you you see him doing it and you've straight away identified this arrogant prick, mm-hmm. <laughs> self entitled. Uh, I could see if I, I would know if I was doing that when you're living on four places down a driveway. You would know that this is really going to irk the person at the back because he sees them try and back out of the driveway and straighten up the cars. Mm-hmm. He knows they're having trouble because of him, mm-hmm. and he continues to do it. He could park a vehicle in the garage, but they've got too much clutter in the garage to do so. But it's not his problem, he just parks out. So technically where that house where their house finishes is where the border is. So that little bit of driveway in front of their house yep. where he's parking most of his vehicle over is actually their property. Yeah. Like when same thing with me. The bit of driveway in front of my kitchen window, which mm-hmm. is just outside before I get to their house, is actually my property. But they never park there. Because they know it's my property. Do you think that... And as much as I hate the high-ass the high ass next door neighbour of mine... <laughs> is it high-ass or is it low pants? He's got problems. He wears, he's got a high-ass and he wears low pants. <laughs> yeah, right. it's, a, it's, it's, it's a real bloody conundrum. That he's and he bends about. over a lot, right? He does. And he, 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 and he also, he does work like he goes and works on his stupid motorbike and revs it up. And he's wearing his... He's got his low pants, his high ass, and he's wearing, like, jandals doing it. I'm like, that's so inappropriate footwear to be wearing that. What do Americans call jandals? New Zealanders call them jandals, but I think we're the only ones, apart from some of the other Polynesian islands. Is it oh, flip-flops? Okay. Thongs? Australians call them thongs. I think it's flip-flops. Uh, no. Flip-flops. 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 This kind of reminds me of that so you're really Seinfeld episode where George is waiting for the payphone at the Chinese restaurant yeah. and um, he builds up this whole story about how he's possibly even going to fight the guy <laughs> like even asking will you back me if we get, if we <laughs> yeah. get into a rumble <laughs> it becomes to the fisty cuffies. yeah but the thing is the guy turns around and says sorry and he's like no problem yeah. <laughs> do you think if the neighbour 
it, you ran into the neighbor himself at some stage and he was the nicest guy. Maybe offered you some advice that really helped the situation. Just the this, nicest gentleman on earth. This happened to me when I was at the supermarket the other day. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, so I was at the supermarket and like this person had parked really close to my car and they went to get out just I was getting out. I was like, ah, oh, threw my hands up in the air. Like, oh, God. And the person turned around and saw me do it. Yeah. And they turned around and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, oh, it's no problem. Yeah. <laughs> and backed down instantly. Yeah. <laughs> Because I want, I want, I like my silent hate. So the idea of making someone crap their pants <laughs> without me having to physically confront them, yep, brilliant. Okay, I would make Mister Ute parks in the fucking way all the time, yep, and leaves it awkward as the morning. And so whenever I go around to park, like I'll might be there ever so briefly, like unloading my car, or mm-hmm. when um, we went away, my partner and I went away to Mount Cook the other weekend. Old Aki, by the way, um, it means a lot to everyone. I, I literally back the car up the driveway and we're going to load some stuff in he turns up <laughs> why are you here you, oh okay I get so out. let's the, say like the dickhead's back and i'm like oh I go down it's like you see my car the driveway just park on the fucking street <laughs> like it's not gonna be there long yeah. i just this guy is such an ass <laughs> brilliant let's um let's keep moving because there's a second part to this as well okay. we'll say that you're locking in guy with the ute to um shithead at number four into brown town yeah. yeah okay so the second part of it is how do you think this whole pants poopery thing would affect reality for example pe- people may not do bad things in fear of a random load in the slacks politicians may just have to live ass out all the time <laughs> religions could form around do not poop unto others lest you would have them poop unto you some uh, however some caveats everyone on earth knows that when they die they get this poo opportunity the dump cannot be prevented in any way because it's a magic poo that poo that overpowers all attempt to quell its revolting vengeance anyway if you're not too sickened i'd love to hear you take on this mess also please do not use my real name on the pod as i live in fear of cyber reprisal <laughs> um, but it's cool to mention my twitter name so once again zero 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 anti-hero adult diapers is what i'm going to say i reckon adult diapers would be huge industry yeah so um the the fact is that there's a, there's a certain group that would know they'd be regularly targeted. So Mr. Fuckhead at number four <laughs> wouldn't necessarily... He'd have... He'd have um, like, there's probably a correlation, right? The, the Let's say he's had, sitting at home. He hears that the neighbor's just about to die. <laughs> he goes and sits on the toilet. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, I've been parking over this guy's driveway. You better not leave the house. <laughs> I think adult diapers would be would be, and I think if you were in a, a prominent position, yeah, and even if you weren't that much of a bad person, it's like that story that came out this week with the, um, and um, obviously in this country we're not a big fan of the current U.S. president, but when the um, U.S. Secretary of State was in Wellington, did you hear about this? No. Nope. Where he was driving in his motorcade from Wellington Airport into Government House, hmm. and all these people were just giving the motorcade the finger. What? They were giving flipping the bird, and like all the US correspondents were like, "Oh my god! Like, we've never seen anything like this." <laughs> it's just like all these Kiwis standing on the side of the street, just flipping off the American Secretary of State. That's outrageous. So that's like that's like kind of like me. Like it's the same thing. I've flipped off a few people. Like I remember backing up my driveway once, and yeah. this guy came up behind me really fast, and I was like, "All right, I'll just slow down here." And he yeah. honks, hand out the window, 
big bird flipped with him <laughs> before I take off. It yeah. felt a big relieving. so, so, so good. Yeah. Because there's no there's no reprisal there. He says, oh, okay, and then this guy's giving me the finger. I can't give the finger back to him because he can't mm. see me. Yeah. Okay, you maybe I was driving a bit fast behind this person who's trying to get out of their driveway because the streets can be quite busy out there. Yeah. It's like, my view is like, hey, just calm the fuck. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. just backing out my driveway. You know I'm going to go straight yeah. ahead any second now. How just much chill. faster were you going to get to your yeah. destination, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, and I think this is very much like the same sort of thing that um, it's, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, um, for us, you know, for, for, you know, it's a, it's a victimless crime. <laughs> <laughs> Would be kind of cool um, to have that power. Like, let's say you didn't have any enemies. Let's say you were more like me and didn't have any enemies <laughs> and didn't have a Just hateful more, heart. More chilled out. Like, yeah, not <laughs> like so if I back, if I backed out of my driveway and um, someone started just completely, um, what do you call that? Like almost bump drafting me. Yeah. Um, on my deathbed, I could just be like, you know what? That guy. Wow. Don't know his name. Don't know anything about it. That so guy. that is the revenge <laughs> being a dish best served cold right <laughs> yeah, there. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I would be worried, though, that I wouldn't want to hold it too long because what if they died and you missed the opportunity? Mm. Mm. Mm, that's a good point, actually. I would I'd be taken, I, I would take it as soon as I could. <laughs> You'd kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Just that's keep going. Ultimate. You pull out. You're, you're starting to drive really slow. This guy's right up your jacksy. You pull the fingers. You drive off straight through the intersection, get taken out by a truck. Yeah. The guy shits himself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that is sweet revenge, sweet chocolate revenge. So thinking again about um, how it might affect the whole world, you think um, adult diapers, obviously. I would be purchasing. um, You would be. Yeah, Yeah, of course I would. Because I guess people in customer service roles would be probably targeted (laughs) as well. You didn't give me my $15 back. So there's that. Plus, yeah, uh, let's hit the politician one then. You'd get half of America, half of America, maybe slightly more. <laughs> like Trump would just be flat out exhausted. He would be. <laughs> North Korea, the guy would probably lose weight. Oh, nice! That's good. It's, it's a good slide on on Kim Jong. And <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I I think that there might be less people wanting to be politicians if mm-hmm. they knew this could happen. I there. Um, but or do you think that it would go the other way where it just becomes normal? My well, could be, but like like I guess the idea here is I'm not getting too crass is that if you're const I mean you can only shit so much shit. <laughs> Sentences I didn't think I'd hear today. <laughs> <laughs> so if Trump was being targeted all the time, then he'd be like, oh, actually there's nothing there because there's nothing to come out. Uh, I don't know if that's how the magical poo works. I reckon no, no, just it, go. no, the magical poo. No, I reckon the magical poo has to have some roots in the fact that there has to be some feces in there. Yeah, but okay, now we get down to the minutia of it. How much feces is enough? Feces? I think yeah, I think it's think it's pronounced manure <laughs> of it. Um, I, I I think that you can only bowel. You can only move what is ever in your bowel. Would be my view on this. It's not magic. Okay, okay, yes, you shit. So you, you effectively, you void your bowels. So whatever's in there is voided. But if you're constantly doing it, and I think then... Well, I'd be I'd feel very ripped off if mine was just voided. My one shot to make Trump pull his pants. Yeah, but I think and that's the case, And he just doesn't though. go. 
Yeah, well, I think that's the, that's the chance you take, is that he can only shit so much. Because you can't wish him a shit, and then the shit appears inside him and then comes out. I reckon it's just, no, no, this shit happens, and whatever's in there comes out. This isn't magic. Oh, I know, what, I know what would happen. There would be so many more bumper stickers that say shit happens. There would be. Yeah, that that's whole thing, shit happens another would, thing be, to get in on. would be just booming. Cool. Um, no, like, apparently adult res- are reusable, washable incontinent ne- uh, pants. Uh, Isn't that uh, what they used to use in the 80s? It's just like a big sheet. This is all, for some reason this is all in capital letters. Why are reusable pants are better than disposable ones? One, reusable pants are much better. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. There we go. <laughs> no arguments that's there. All, that's all you need, right? <laughs> all right. So... We probably need to move on. I reckon we need to move on because we we have got a bit to cover. But um, I enjoyed that one. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty good. I really did. If there's any um, further delving or any other um, variations on that that you want us to hit, um, let us know on the website or on the Twitters. I'd like to understand from the audience, what do they think? Do they think it would be only the shit that's in your body would come out and if you'd just been if your bowels had just been voided then there'd be nothing coming out or do they think it's a magical shit that appears every time you wish it so you could say because i think if if trump is getting targeted all the time hmm. then you might not pick him because you're like oh everyone's choosing trump so nothing's going to come out i'll pick somebody else <laughs> okay so we're interested to hear from people so on twitter shall we say um hashtag magic shit yes if it's a constant shit every time yep and hashtag magic shit no if it's just every time he's got one in the chamber that's right yeah okay everyone wanted to come out of the shoot i personally think magic shit yes i think magic shit no let's see let's see what happens um okay moving on um this week is show us your thing my what you think this week is this week is my turn to um, describe a paranormal goings on. Yeah, it's a spare battery I'm just throwing around. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I'm going to jump into it. There, I will say off the bat, there is a plot twist in this. It's not going where you think it's going. Okay, so the chances that I may know this. Chances that you may not. So okay. if you do know it then you'll know the plot twist obviously (laughs) all right lay it on me all right cool have you heard of the kinross incident (gasps) no good this is a good start okay okay so the kinross incident is um an incident that happened um in north america um around the border between uh, north america and canada North America and Canada or America and Canada? America and Canada. <laughs> the main one. <laughs> um, so, so, on the evening of November 23rd, 1953, Air Defense Command ground intercept radar operators in Michigan identified an unusual target near the Sioux Locks. So, this is kind of up in the, what's the word? Northeast. Um, there's a bunch of lakes and things up and up around Michigan. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's around those kind of lakes. <clears throat> um, so there was a um, a blip on a radar. Um, an F-89 Scorpion jet from Kinross Air Force Base was scrambled to investigate the radar return. The Scorpion was piloted by 
First Lieutenant Monkler with Second Lieutenant Robert Wilson acting as the radar operator. Wilson had problems tracking the object on the Scorpion's radar, so ground radar operators gave Monkler directions towards the object as he flew. Monkler eventually closed in on the object at about 8,000 feet in altitude. Mm-hmm. Ground control tracked the Scorpion and identified the object as the objects as two blips on a radar screen. So obviously one being Monkler. And one being the unknown. One being bogey. the unknown bogey. The two blips on the radar screen grew closer and closer until they eventually seemed to merge together as one. Okay. Right. We're not at the plot we're not at the plot twist yet. I thought this was about we're gonna turn some romantic music on as they merge together as well. <laughs> when to become one <laughs> <laughs> I don't it's think Spice Girls is romantic music. I need some. You make it. Like you make it romantic though. Gonna make love to your scorpion. Assuming that Monkler had flown either under or over the target, Ground Control <laughs> thought that moments later the scorpion object would once again appear as two separate blips. Um, Donald Kehoe reported that there was a fear that the two objects had struck one another as if in a smashing collision. Okay, like a mid-air. Mm-hmm. Um, bender. however what happened was that the single blip continued on its previous course okay okay mysterious right mm-hmm. right attempts were made to contact monkler via radio but this was unsuccessful a search and rescue operation by the u.s air force and the royal canadian air force was quickly mounted no pun intended Mounties, get it. <laughs> yeah, <that's good>. <laughs> <laughs> but failed to find a trace of the pain plane or the pilot's Weather conditions were a factor hampering the search. The official um, U.S. Air Force Accident Investigation Report states that the F-89 was sent to investigate a Royal Canadian C-47 Skytrain which was travelling off course. The F-89 was flying at an elevation of 8,000 feet when it merged with the other aircraft as was expected in an interception. So the tar- are they saying the targets are right close together because they're right on top of each other, like so close the radar can't decipher, or is this yes. right? Yeah. So they're right next to each other, forming one larger target or one target. Yeah. And to skip over the next couple <clears throat> of paragraphs, I will power phrase. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, the uh, the U.S. Air Force basically said um, Canada must have had a plane up there, and that's what we were going to scramble to yep. investigate. Canada then came back and said, we didn't have anyone up there. Right, 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 right. Still not at the plot twist. Um, So um, the, hang on, let me see where I'm up to now that I've skipped a bunch of places. Looks like you're a six-year-old trying to read with your hand on the screen. Yeah, I find it a lot easier. (laughs) I don't know why. Um, Should I sing more Spice Girls to fill the time? The official accident report states that the the unknown was the unknown object was picked up on radar. It was believed to be Royal Canadian Air Force aircraft, but it was classified as unknown because it was off its flight path course by thirty miles. The assertion was emphatically denied by the pilot of the um, Canadian Air Force flight, Gerald Fosberg, when he was interviewed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Fuzzberg, brilliant, I love it. When he was interviewed um, for a documentary called The Monkler Memories. 
this is where we hit the plot twist. Okay, there's actually been several occurrences here, or several times, where there could have been what I would consider twists. But <laughs> there's an even twistier twist about to befall us. Um, pad for a bit, because it's logged me out, because I checked the other email. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, two become one. <laughs> it's quite, that was quite a sensual song, I think, um, for its age. Mm-hmm. Um, when did that come out? <laughs> and other ways to nine, pad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 1996, uh, genre. How, do you want to guess the genre? Pop. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> Damn, I should have had some wrong guesses. It would have taken longer. <laughs> You're like, R&B. You're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jazz. The Spice Girls debut album was called Spice. That's pretty uninventive. <laughs> um... Okay, so here I am. Here's the plot twist. This is basically um, when I was reading this article, I saw that um, this documentary mentioned. I then went on to watch said documentary. Oh, you did? Yep. So here's where it gets weird. So this happened um, uh, in Canada in the 50s, and um, the pilot's name was Felix Eugene Monkler. Okay, this is important. Um, the and this is gonna this is gonna straight away be weird. Nine months later, a person called Gord Heath was born. Okay. Right. This is where it starts getting twisty and turny. Um, this person, Gord Heath, remembers seeing UFOs and craft throughout his upbringing. He remembers playing in his front yard and had that feeling of being watched. While playing in the yard, he remembers looking up and seeing um, craft in the sky, um, hanging there, hovering there, etc. Remembers having recurring dreams about the man in the moon. Um, He also remembers from his childhood walking up a hill near um, the site of the Kinross incident with an older man. They looked out across the lake where the plane crashed and the old man said, that's where you crashed plot twist other parallels here include monkler's father as a twin uh, and both twins were teachers this is the same as gord heath Um, when he was a little older his father had surgery but couldn't speak due to medical equipment but communicated while medicated that gord wasn't his son he also claims that his father wrote a name on a piece of paper and handed it to him. The name written down was Eugene Monkler. His mother um, hurried him home and blamed his father being on medication. Um, okay. Yeah. Gord Heath then uh, goes on to um, recount memories of um, essentially being Eugene Monkler. Right? So right. this yeah. is kind so of getting this into is very that much of the past life reincarnation, reincarnation stuff. Piece. Yeah. yeah. So he recalls <clears throat> details from the incident, including um, hearing of the uh, radar blip, standing up, taking his wallet out, leaving it on a table, and scrambling into a jet. Um, recalls uh, taking shots at an alien craft, waking up in a room to see aliens who tell them that they shouldn't have fired on them and that they had killed two of their kind. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, he has the feeling that the Air Force knew about these beings but didn't tell him. He asks, while in this room, 
uh, so these are all memories that he's bringing up saying while I, while I was in this room um, he asked about his co-pilot Wilson the aliens respond and tell him he's being kept elsewhere they then inform him that he can either go with them and leave the planet or be born born again in a totally different body so this is um, what Gord Heath can recall of his life as Eugene Monkler. Um, he's taken to a place where he sees Wilson again. Wilton is distraught. They are both asked to make their choice, whether to go with the aliens or to be born again into a, um, a new body on Earth. Wilson decides to go with them. Uh, Monkler decides to be born again. He recalls meeting his parents for the first time. Um, and, um, recalls, uh, okay, so that he recalls as Monkler meeting his parents for the first time. Wilson was there in one corner, his parents in another, almost like a, um, a birthing suite type yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, he was a fully grown Eugene Monkler meeting his, meeting Gord Heath's parents, right? Right. And then, um... His parents were in a corner. Monkler was asked to go into a tank. Um, he uh, descends into a tank. It kind of looks like the tanks like you see on um, on Austin Powers, like a big tube with water in. So um, in this documentary, this guy was painting all of these scenes. And um, one of the paintings was of a full-grown Eugene Monkler descending into a tank of water. Was he wearing anything? Um, I don't remember. I probably would have remembered if he wasn't. So I'm <laughs> going to say he probably was. He's clothed. Yeah, clothed. Okay. Um, Eugene, uh, sorry, Gord Heath can recall his parents arguing about something when he was younger, uh, saying, it's not real, it's not real. And um, his father, and I guess in inverted commas, his father um, saying, they'll put you in a mental hospital if you keep telling people. So this was the type of arguments his parents would have as he was growing up. Yeah, so, so this... Gordy kept reiterating that he was actually Genie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so did a whole bunch of stuff to... Um, to or asked his parents a bunch of questions, um, got, you know, didn't get a straight answer out of them until his dad was in hospital medicated where he started kind of motioning and handing him pieces of paper with names on etc um so this uh as monkler um, was asked to go into a tank he was worried um about it because he was afraid of drowning however lowered himself in and essentially went to sleep that's the last memory of monkler and gord was born nine months later weird right that's really weird i can't believe i've never heard that one yeah so there's a doco on this, righty? There's a documentary on it, yep. And to give it the flip side, um, this documentary actually, it was basically Gord on screen the whole time. Um, and he um, took DNA, it took a DNA test to see if his father was, no, sorry, this was the weird thing. They took a DNA test to see if um, he was related to Monkler. And it turned out that, spoiler alert, he was not. It was not through no, DNA. No, not through DNA. However, that doesn't explain everything. So um, some of those details, it would be nice to get verified by other people. Um, uh, we can only really kind of go with what, what they present. Um, a lot of the other stuff, 
uh, was found during, well, sort of came up during that um, hypnotic regression, um, which to my mind isn't the most um, reliable source, but interesting no, nonetheless. No, it's used a lot in this sort of, like, this sort of setting, but yeah. I guess the, it's a little bit dubious when it comes to the reliability. Yeah, so this guy, Gord, basically, um, he's a computer programmer, has no reason to come up with such lies. Um isn't really in it for money he even um it says at one point in the documentary he's using up his own like annual leave to go to places where the kinross uh, or monkler was um buried and think or not buried but plaques were placed for him and stuff like that so um yeah i think it's just sort of photo of that i think i found the doco on youtube yeah i love this big red fbi warning that's featured on the youtube <laughs> documentary about do not copy underlined yeah. and it's like underlined in capital letters do not copy yeah, it's on, <laughs> on youtube. youtube yeah good <laughs> um eight ads though so even though it's got yeah. uh that's worth like, looking at it's yeah eight ads if you can sit through those ads but um let's put up a link um on the website does that mean we're liable for up to a two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine or no. five years in prison no we didn't upload it we're just telling people to look at it oh, that's good that's good yeah so um that's the well, one, the Kinross incident, and then it's the, uh, what's the, what's the name of the doco? Um, it's called The Monkler Memories, UFO and Reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Question so you... here from Marie from Phoenix. This is my question. Why Go ahead, would, Marie. Why would they have the same DNA? Let's just say his memories are true, and Lieutenant Gene Monkler, while allegedly on the spaceship, was really placed inside some tube and about to be transferred into his mother's womb, in parentheses, as his parents watched on on their confused state if lieutenant gene monkler is really about to be reincarnated into gordon heath why would there be a dna connection why that would mean that every reincarnation case would have biological ties to their previous lives a very good point well actually from virginia or whoever you mr mr tjbv says good point marie how bright are these people anyway a flaw in reasoning of that matter who tends to collapse the validity of the whole presentation yep good point and Lisa Fogelbitch says other things too. Fogelbitch. Yeah. <laughs> she has other things to tell you to say, but I won't bother. Groovy. Um, that is the end of my tale, and but you didn't see that coming. I didn't. I was blindsided. <laughs> that sounds like a song too. Um, okay. Let's move on. Let's keep this tight. We've been going too long in previous episodes, so we're going to move on to the third and final segment of the show called get me some strange bon iver has a song called i am blindsided never heard of that in this segment we take the 1982 reader's digest edition of mysteries of the unexplained tony will we attempt to solve them (laughs) we do not one by one we will solve solve them them, Um, tony will flick through i'll say stop on a random page and we will pick a random mystery of the unexplained stop Let's find a nice uh, bite-sized one to go out with. Keeping this episode tight. 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 <laughs> what section did we land in? Do we know? Um, We're somewhere towards the the rear of the book. Oh, it looked kind of UFO-y. And the UFO-y. Oh, no, it's actually it's called Heavens Above, Atmospheric and Astronomical Oddities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything bite-sized jumping out at you? Um, we will find one 
Do I need to Google Spice Girls songs, etc., just <laughs> while you, while we pad? Um, I there's a couple of little teeny tiny ones that are a little bit too small, but um, let's go. Just a bit keep going, keep uh, going. There's lots of tiny wee ones. I'm always thinking maybe just I pick should... like three of them, maybe. Yeah, I might. Um... Unless they're ones that you want to steal and use in your own uh, when you have to bring some articles to the fore. We'll give you a couple of little ones here. Cool. A mysterious round black dot crossed the disk of the sun to the surprise of Hamburg astronomer of a Hamburg astronomer on March 15, 1927. The slowness of the motion passing over the sun's face of six seconds makes it probable that the distance and therefore the size of the objects were considerable. Um, <laughs> Is that it? That's it. It was a small one. So anything yeah okay let's um, move on <laughs> light seen during the Aizu Peninsula earthquake in Japan on November 26 1930 resulted in more than 1500 reports at one place on the east side of Tokyo Bay the light resembled auroral streamers diverging from a point on the horizon others described the lights as like that of fireballs when the earthquake was at its height a straight row of round masses of light appeared in the southwest so do you remember on the Kaikoura earthquake here they had that footage that appeared of the earth lights yep lights in the sky yeah earthquake lights have been linked with escaping gas large-scale frictional events lightning and auroras general agreement on their reality has come only recently but no mechanism proposal so far can account for all the forms of the lights Mm. And we'll we've do. talked about earthquake lights a wee bit. We have actually, yeah. yeah. You've seen lights. That was an episode one conversation. It was. It, it was an earthquake very, related, very, but it was a very beginning lights in the sky. An ambient light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll do one more. Bright flashes against the new moon were seen on June 17, 1931, by a Riverside, California couple who described them as appearing like lightning. The Mount Wilson Observatory, courtesy discounted. <laughs> Wilson, that's a that's a link to my story. There's usually a link if we dig yeah, far enough. Yeah, there is. Yeah, that was the um, co-pilot navigator's last name. The Mount Wilson Observatory, courtesy discounted. Oh, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the observation. Yeah. yeah. A later commentator suggested that the flashes were faint meteors that would have been invisible against the summer evening sky, but visible against the unlit portion of the moon's surface. The brightness of the two black grounds, black grounds, backgrounds, <laughs> does not in fact differ enough to make this credible. Hmm. And on that note, we'll about end this there. Yeah. Anything else to add? Interesting, unusual short snippets there, but um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. I think this is going to be a nice bite-sized and a very palatable episode. I'm reckon this is going to be a nice bite-sized and somewhat palatable episode. It's... No, I think well, we're, we're wise rocking, words. We're rocking in here about 45 minutes. I think that's sweet spot. I can see the timer. What do you reckon we're up to? 44 minutes. No. And on that note... <laughs> <laughs> catch you next week. All right. Toodaloo.